On September 19, 2020, New Yorkers stopped to gawk at a clock hanging in Union Square. Once it had been a seemingly normal timekeeper. Now it read, The Earth has a deadline. Then came the numbers. Seven years, 103 days, 15 hours, 40 minutes, and 7, 6, 5, 4. That's how much time was left before the effects of climate change became irreversible, making life on Earth nearly impossible for humans. The message was clear. The world needs saving, and we're literally watching ourselves run out of time. But how do we save a planet we know so little about? Did you know we have a better chance of traveling to Mars than sneaking a peek at the center of our Earth? Or there are entire islands filled with rare plant life that can't be found anywhere else on the planet. And hundreds of isolated indigenous groups still live in remote areas of the world, surviving off the land just as we did thousands of years ago. Maybe the secret to saving our planet isn't through technological advancement, but by connecting back to Mother Nature. If so, we need to get to work because humanity's clock is ticking. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. Earth Day is April 22nd, so this spring we're diving into the depths of the oceans, soaring through the upper reaches of the atmosphere, plunging into the most remote jungles, and traveling backward in time billions of years to when life first appeared on our planet. We'll ask, what secrets does our planet hide? Today, we'll journey to the center of our planet to see how its core sustains our delicate ecosystem. We'll dive into the secret world of plants and take a look at life as we don't know it, exploring isolated communities that use age-old techniques to both protect and coexist with nature. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? 
Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Stop what you're doing for a second and think about where you're standing or sitting or lying down. What's beneath you at this moment? And I'm not talking about your driver's seat or your bed or your hardwood floors. Think deeper. Below the foundation of your home or the cement on your street. Below the dirt filled with ancient fossils. Below the roots of long dead trees. What do you picture beneath it all? For centuries, the answer to that question was subjective. The ancient Greeks helped create our idea of hell, a world beneath our feet filled with fire, brimstone, and the souls of the dead. The Vikings were certain there was an underworld made of frozen rivers and ice below us, a frigid tundra where evil reigned. In the 15th century, spirituality gave way to science. Famous astronomers like Edmund Halley stopped wondering if the center of our planet was home to the afterlife. Instead, they theorized it supported creatures during life. Halley believed the Earth's interior consisted of a series of shells, kind of like Russian nesting dolls, all surrounding a central core. Between each of those layers were tiny ecosystems housing undiscovered species which paved the way for a whole new line of thinking. Perhaps the center of our Earth was actually hollow. In 1818, an American Army officer named John Cleves Sims Jr. built on Halley's theory, with one caveat. He believed there were holes at the North and South Poles. These entry points allowed humans to access the center of the Earth. And in 1947, a pilot supposedly found one. Admiral Richard Byrd and his co-pilot Floyd Bennett were allegedly the first men in history to fly over the North Pole in 1926. Byrd returned for several other missions in which he claimed to not only see one of these holes, he flew inside of one. Byrd kept a diary of that 1947 adventure. Inside the Earth, he said he encountered rolling green hills and temperatures of 74 degrees Fahrenheit. He even allegedly discovered a highly advanced civilization, where beings referred to Byrd and his co-pilot Bennett as, quote, surface world man. But modern science suggests Byrd's journey and the hollow Earth theory are nothing more than fantasy. Thanks to new technologies, we now have a pretty good understanding of what actually lies beneath our feet. And I'm sorry to say, it's not demons or a highly civilized alien race. It's a whole lot of dirt and minerals. But they're dirt and minerals with a very important job. Scientists like Edmund Halley were right. They are critical for sustaining life on our planet which is why modern researchers have turned to the Earth's core to find answers, particularly when it comes to global warming and climate change. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, it's important to understand the mechanics of it all. So for those of you who slept through science class, let's take a quick journey through the Earth's core. First, we have the crust, the nutrient-rich outer layer we all live on. 
On average, the crust is about 25 miles thick. For Scope, the world's tallest building, at least as of this recording, is the Burj Khalifa in Dubai at 2,717 feet tall. You'd have to bury 48 of them on top of each other before you reached the next layer, the mantle. Which is way thicker. It stretches about 1,800 miles towards the Earth's center. Magma rises from the mantle through cracks in the crust, forcing the Earth's tectonic plates to move apart. This can cause earthquakes, volcanoes, even affect how continents shift over time. Below that, the liquid outer core. This is also where the Earth's magnetic field comes from. Liquid metals like iron and nickel flow, releasing electrical currents so powerful they actually expand beyond our atmosphere. This magnetic field is what makes life possible on Earth, separating us from other planets like Mars, Venus, and Mercury. Thanks to our magnetic field, we're protected from solar winds and radiation emitted by the sun. In fact, the sun's winds are so powerful, without our magnetic field, we'd lose a lot of our resources here on Earth. There'd be far less oxygen, and our water would evaporate quickly, leaving the world uninhabitable. But we still have to give credit to the deepest layer of the Earth, the inner core. At a width of about 1,300 miles, it's a little bigger than the distance between Seattle and Tijuana. The inner core is mostly made of solid iron, and it's as hot as the sun. It actually provides the outer core with the energy it needs to create that magnetic field, essentially making it the Earth's battery. Most of the knowledge we have about the Earth's interior comes from seismic data. But we can't be 100% certain this is what's actually rumbling beneath our feet, mainly because we're far from getting an actual look inside. Not that we haven't tried. In the 1960s, the Soviets and the United States were battling it out for global supremacy. While the race to the moon was already underway, one territory proved a little harder to conquer, the center of the Earth. The United States abandoned their drilling efforts in 1966, but the Soviets actually made some headway. They dug a hole in the Kola Peninsula near Finland, only stopping in 1994. Over time, what's known as the Kola Superdeep Borehole became the biggest pit in the world. At a mere seven and a half miles deep, hardly a third of the way through the Earth's crust. It appears no one will be sticking a flag in the Earth's mantle anytime soon. Because of that, there's still so much we don't know about what's happening in the Earth's core. We can't say for sure whether it could help us save our struggling planet. But each new detail we learn can turn established scientific theories on their heads. Take our oceans. For decades, scientists believed these bodies of water formed after icy comets collided with our planet, long before mankind ever existed. Now, researchers are beginning to wonder if those 352 quintillion gallons of water didn't come from outside the Earth, but inside. 
In 2014, a team of experts discovered a reservoir beneath the Earth's surface that holds three times the amount of water as all our oceans together. It's located in the Earth's mantle in a layer of rock known as ringwoodite. And the reservoir probably isn't what you're picturing. It's not a massive pool of water. The liquid exists within the ringwoodite. It's a unique mineral that's about 1.5% water. Northwestern University's Stephen Jacobson says this hidden reservoir could explain an otherwise baffling mystery. The amount of water in our oceans has stayed consistent for millennia and hasn't completely evaporated over time. If comets brought water to Earth as we originally supposed, we'd need a constant rain of frozen asteroids to maintain our water levels. Since we don't experience these regular icy comet falls, our water must have come from somewhere else, like from within. But Jacobson and his team have only found evidence of a ringwoodite reservoir buried beneath North America. They have yet to prove whether this rock surrounds the entire planet. So, while ringwoodite could be the secret to preventing long-term droughts, there's still a lot we need to understand about it before we can use it to our benefit. So yes, the Earth's interior could be a good resource when it comes to combating climate change. But it could also pose an existential threat. The Internet's been going wild over one terrifying discovery about the Earth's core. Under the right conditions, our magnetic poles could flip. To put it simply, the positive and negative sides of Earth's magnetic field often fight against each other. And eventually, one could give in. Once it's weakened its opponent, the dominant side will take over, causing a complete flip. The North Pole will be in the South, and vice versa. The world won't be upside down, but it will certainly feel like it. And if or when this happens, it could play out like a doomsday film starring The Rock. A pole flip will weaken our magnetic field, making our satellites and other technologies vulnerable to solar storms. We're talking total power outages, radio communication down, no internet. It could disrupt the lives of animals who rely on geomagnetism to survive. Entire species could be threatened as their migration and feeding patterns are thrown into complete disarray. Not to mention what it would do to us physically. Mankind would be vulnerable to extreme temperatures and higher levels of radiation. Cancer would run rampant. Human civilization, as we know it, could cease to exist. So, is it possible? Well, scientists aren't refuting it mainly because it's happened before. Evidence suggests these poles reverse every 300,000 years or so. But the last time they flipped was over 780,000 years ago, meaning we are more than doubly overdue. This is alarming for scientists, but many think this process will happen gradually. We won't wake up one day with all of our compasses pointing south instead of north. Instead, the poles will wander from their current positions closer to the equator over time. No one can say for sure when this will happen, but we know one-third of our planet's species are already in danger of going extinct by 2070. 
We're already dealing with high carbon emissions and a changing atmosphere, so a magnetic pole flip certainly won't help us. But the more we know about our planet, the better equipped we are to protect it, which is why it's so important to learn some of the secrets she's been harboring. Because while we think we have some of Earth's mysteries figured out, we've barely scratched the surface. In fact, we hardly even know what's growing in our own backyards. Coming up, the bizarre and fascinating world of plants and how they communicate. Hi, I'm Christine Schieffer. And I'm M. Schultz. We're the hosts of Rituals, the new Spotify original from Parcast. If you've heard our podcast and that's what we drink, you know we are no strangers to true crime and the paranormal. We're also into the occult uh, to chat about, not to join, but, you know, to, to learn and educate. <laughs> Every Monday on Rituals, we're journeying through mystifying stories of sorcery, alchemy, Satanism, and more, and trying to determine if the dark arts of the past impact us today. Like weather witches? Who were they? Or the Fountain of Youth? Address, please. <laughs> Don't forget about werewolf trials, Em. Objection, Christine. Let's not give too much away. And instead, let's tell everyone to follow our new podcast, Rituals, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, back to the story. There's no denying it. Humans believe they're the most dominant species on Earth. But when you look at the numbers, there's one life form that has us beat. Plants. In terms of population, humans make up a mere 0.01% of life on this planet. The animal kingdom as a whole constitutes 0.4%. But plants dominate at 82%, meaning there would have to be over 56 trillion people on Earth to surpass plants as the dominant life form. And thank goodness we haven't. Plants do a much better job of protecting our planet than we do. Trees extract carbon dioxide and return water to our atmosphere. If it weren't for plants, we wouldn't have much of a planet to live on. But we're beginning to see our flowering friends are capable of a whole lot more. In 1966, a CIA polygraph technician named Cleve Baxter was working late when he fixated on something in his office, a houseplant. An intriguing question occurred to Baxter. What would happen if he hooked his plant up to a polygraph machine? Well, there was only one way to find out. 
Baxter attached electrodes to the plant's leaves. Then, he flipped a switch and watched the polygraph as he added water to the soil. As if by magic, the galvanometer jumped. The plant was giving off spikes of seemingly satisfied energy. Then, Baxter took it a step further. He imagined himself setting the plant on fire. And with nothing but a simple thought, he claimed the plant's polygraph readings spiked again. Which made Baxter wonder, could plants read our minds? Baxter and his team experimented with dozens of different species, including fruits and vegetables. He claimed they recorded similar results. Most plants could sense a human's thoughts and intentions even before they were acted upon. Or so he said. For years, researchers tried to recreate Baxter's experiments to no avail. Nevertheless, his work became a legitimate field of study called plant neurobiology. Which is a bit of a misnomer. Plants don't have brains or neurons, but they do have a chemical system that sends signals throughout their bodies, simulating their own version of the senses. For example, plants respond to chemicals in the air and on their leaves, which means, in a way, they can taste and smell. They react differently depending on the amount of light and shadow, which means they can essentially see. And when a root comes across a foreign object, it knows to grow around it, so they can touch. In one experiment, researcher Michael Pollan found plants secreted defensive chemicals when he played a recording of a munching caterpillar. So they can even hear. And apparently, they enjoy a little Beethoven. According to several studies, playing music might actually encourage plants to grow faster. At the China Agricultural University in Beijing, researchers found plants like sweet peppers, cucumbers, spinach, cotton, and rice seemed to yield more produce when they regularly listened to music. It seemed the tunes improved their ability to fight off diseases and mold. Scientists are still testing these theories. If their findings are correct, they could help farmers grow more crops. This will be necessary as climate change worsens and resources become scarcer. But plants are keeping a lot more secrets. If we understood them better, they could help us defend our planet. For example, plants actually have 10 to 15 more senses than humans do. They can detect gravity, pressure, volume, various toxins, and even harmful microbes in their environment. If plants can receive this information, it suggests they can also make decisions based upon it. Like where they want their roots to grow, or how to respond to external threats. In a way, plants are free thinkers. And they may even recall the past. In 2014, a study at the University of Western Australia proved certain plants apparently form memories. Biologist Monica Gagliano and her team studied a plant called Mimosa pudica, which has the unique ability to coil its leaves when it senses danger. During the study, Gagliano dropped the mimosa plant repeatedly, every five seconds. Each time, the plant retracted its leaves. But after several impacts, something interesting happened. The plant stopped defending itself. 
It kept its leaves in the outward position, proving it remembered. It hadn't gotten hurt the last few times it fell. Gagliano's team tried the same experiment with dozens of other mimosa plants, all with similar results. But her team couldn't figure out how they made these memories, especially without a brain. Their best guess was that the plants use a calcium-based network that simulates a set of neurons within their cells. Plants don't just remember their own experiences. There's also evidence to suggest they can recognize each other, or more specifically, seedlings that are related to them. In 2007, a team of Canadian scientists monitored a plant called the sea rocket. When seeds from the same mother plant grew next to each other, the new buds competed less aggressively for resources. They essentially played nice with their siblings. Another study at the University of Delaware found plants that grew next to related organisms were more likely to intertwine their roots and work together. Those that grew next to strangers often sprouted upright and avoided direct contact with their neighbor. Additionally, there is evidence that some plants even form alliances across species, thanks to a wild discovery scientists are calling the Wood Wide Web. This is a web of fungus that wraps around the tangled roots of many trees. It acts like a tiny Google, allowing trees to send messages to other plants. They can even search for information they need from their environment. This is how trees share water and other nutrients they might be lacking. Or how a shaded tree might acquire resources from one with an abundance of sun. They can also send distress signals if they're attacked. But trees aren't beholden to this fungal internet. They can also communicate by releasing pheromones and other scent signals into the air. In sub-Saharan Africa, giraffes often eat the leaves of the acacia tree. It then emits a gas, telling neighboring plants to produce more tannins in their leaves. This not only makes the foliage bitter to giraffes, but in large enough quantities, it could actually kill them. Suzanne Simard, a professor of forest ecology at the University of British Columbia, says it makes sense for trees to work together rather than compete for resources. She said, they live longest and reproduce most often in a healthy, stable forest. That's why they've evolved to help their neighbors. A lesson we could stand to learn ourselves. We're inching closer to understanding the secret lives of plants but we still know little about how they evolve. And one island in the Indian Ocean proves there's many untapped ecosystems that could provide the answers. 250 miles off the coast of Yemen lies Socotra, an archipelago with a hot, dry climate and wildlife you won't find anywhere else on Earth. This may be because Socotra was an island long before the continents ever broke apart. As a result, Socotra's ecosystem evolved on its own, with little chance for invasive species to influence its development. There are more than 825 rare species of plants residing on Socotra. A third are endemic to the island, meaning they can't be found anywhere else in the world. And frankly, they look like something out of Dr. Seuss. 
One of Socotra's crown jewels is the dragon's blood tree. Its bright red sap supposedly has mystical properties that can heal everything from ulcers to inflammation. Some say it can even treat diabetes and cancer. There are also giant succulents, a cucumber plant, and a pomegranate tree that exist nowhere else on Earth. But the unique plant life on Socotra is now facing an existential threat. Modern technology. In 1999, the island built its first airport and rapidly began paving roads. In a decade, the number of visitors on Socotra went from 140 annually to about 2,000. The Yemeni government felt it was time to bring the island into the 21st century, introducing internet, television, and mobile phones to the region. But biologist Kay Van Dam says all of this development is detrimental to the region's wildlife. Aside from the paved roads cutting through the island's natural landscapes, they've also seen an increase in pollution and exhausted resources, not to mention the invasion of foreign species that often piggyback on tourists' heels. Van Damme first came to Socotra on a research mission in 1999. Now he returns every year and has seen how the island's biodiversity suffers. He said, Socotra people have practiced conservation through their traditions, but now it's up to all of us to keep this going in the future, to keep it strong against threats. Socotra is one of the last places on Earth where we can actually still protect a unique island environment, where we can still do something positive before it's too late. Which means the island of Socotra might be changing too fast for its own good. And this may be the case for all of humanity. Maybe the secret to saving the Earth is to move backwards instead of forwards. Perhaps the key to our long-term survival lies in the lessons we can learn in the most remote corners of the world, from some of the planet's most isolated communities. Coming up, indigenous groups lead the charge to save the world. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Try Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost, built for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, incredible load times, and 24-7 WordPress priority support, your sites will be lightning fast with global reach. And with Bluehost Cloud, your sites can handle surges in traffic no matter how big. Plus, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. Get started now at Bluehost.com. Now, back to the story. According to a study from January 2021, over 4.6 billion people use the Internet on a regular basis. That's nearly 60% of the global population. That's 4.6 billion people who can contact each other with the click of a button. 
For those of us who depend on our Amazon deliveries, our Instagram messages, and our Spotify playlists, it's hard to imagine life without it. But in some remote corners of the world, whole civilizations are completely unfamiliar with these concepts, and that's how they'd like to keep it. Today, there are over 100 different isolated indigenous groups around the globe. While the word uncontacted is often used to describe them, that term is falling out of favor with some anthropologists, mainly because factory-made tools have still reached them via trade, and some of these groups have met rogue tourists or researchers. These societies thrive in remote, difficult-to-reach areas. The West Papua region in Indonesia is home to more than 40 isolated groups. And to the west of India, just off the coast of the Andaman Islands, are the Sentinelese, who've lived for over 55,000 years with very little contact with the outside world. But the highest concentration of these isolated groups are in Brazil, in a remote section of the Amazon rainforest. The Javari Valley is home to more than 14 different isolated tribes with an estimated 2,000 people. The groups survive without assistance from the Brazilian government. But there are federal agencies like the National Indian Foundation, or FUNAI, that try to keep intruders from encroaching on those lands. In 2011, using satellite technology, FUNAI spotted some gaps in the dense brush that normally concealed these groups and their activities. They launched a flyover mission, hoping to record footage of the group's daily life from above. Over the next seven years, FUNAI continued these research missions using drones and other photographic technology. In 2018, they released videos to the public. They showcased several people planting crops and wielding bows and arrows. Some people argue FUNAI's decision to intrude on their way of life is unethical. After all, FUNAI recorded these videos without the consent of the indigenous people. But the department believes these projects are the best way to bring public attention to these groups, especially since many are being threatened for the rare resources on their land. The Amazon rainforest has seen an increase in illegal fishing, logging, mining, hunting, even oil exploration over the last several decades. And indigenous groups are some of the most affected. Bruno Pereira, a representative of FUNAI, explained, the more the public knows and the more debate around the issue, the greater the chance of protecting them and their lands. These people could disappear before the public even knows they exist. FUNAI released their footage a year after some of the Javari Valley's most hostile invasions in recent history. A group of illegal gold miners set up camp on the Janjiatuba River, which is part of an indigenous reserve. During a supply drop, Brazilian locals overheard the miners bragging about their brutal crimes. Allegedly, they'd slaughtered 10 indigenous people and stolen their goods. These rumors spurred a massive federal investigation. FUNAI and the Brazilian army began by blowing up the illegal mining barges in the area. Then, they did their best to investigate the indigenous people's deaths from a distance. 
Because they couldn't make contact with the groups and interview people directly, they made little headway. But when planes flew over the affected village, they saw some longhouses had been set on fire, a traditional ceremony performed when someone died. This was the only evidence suggesting the brutal murders were real. But for many, it was convincing enough. Unfortunately, this wasn't an isolated incident. Eastern Brazil is home to a valuable wood known as Brazilian walnut, often used in expensive housing projects. It's also where the 350 members of the indigenous Awa group live, and they're said to be the most vulnerable, isolated community in the world. Loggers have exploited most of the land surrounding the Awa's protected region, and they're slowly encroaching into Awa territory. Even worse, many of these illegal operations burn the remaining timber to cover up their tracks, causing thousands of wildfires that destroy the Awa's land. In 2016, those man-made fires torched 1,600 square miles. That's bigger than the entire state of Rhode Island. The blazes destroyed several villages and threatened 80 Awa people. The Awa are one of the only hunter-gatherer groups left in the Amazon, which means they rely on their ecosystem for sustenance and survival. As they lose land where they can hunt or forage, the Awa have to relocate to other areas, meaning they're now competing with other indigenous groups for their resources. In some cases, they have to abandon their traditions to rely solely on agriculture. In other scenarios, some have left the group altogether to find paid work in outside societies. One member told the human rights group Survival International, they are going to kill everything. Everything is dying. We are all going to go hungry. The children will be hungry, my daughter will be hungry, and I'll be hungry too. Fiona Watson, Survival International's research director, worries if the Brazilian government doesn't increase funding to programs like FUNAI, groups like the AWA could become extinct in a matter of years. Unfortunately, greed stands in the way of that funding. Politicians and private organizations with economic interests in the Amazon have put pressure on the government to develop the areas. Seven months after Brazil's President Jair Bolsonaro took office in 2019, there was a 92% increase in illegal foresting activities. But some of these isolated communities are fighting back. In the early 1980s, Brazil's indigenous Ashaninka group began losing their property to a massive deforestation project. A family-owned business illegally encroached on their ancestral land to harvest cedar and mahogany trees for European furniture companies. The problem was, the Brazilian government hadn't acknowledged that area as an indigenous reserve yet, and recognition wouldn't come for another decade. By that point, the logging company had already destroyed more than a quarter of their territory, but the Ashaninka weren't going to sit idly by. In 1996, the federal public ministry helped the Ashaninka file a lawsuit against the family that owned the logging business. It took more than two decades, but after a long series of court appearances, appeals, and a trip to the Brazilian Supreme Court, the Ashaninka's fight paid off. 
In April 2020, a judge awarded the indigenous group 14 million Brazilian real, or about 3 million U.S. dollars, in reparations. The Ashaninka plan to use the money to preserve what remains of their culture and their lands. However, they won't get back their lost forest. On the upside, the Ashaninka's attorney, Antonio Rodrigo, said this ruling is a valuable weapon for other victims of company-made environmental disasters. Rulings like these will discourage companies from taking resources from protected lands. It certainly won't erase the past, but at the very least, it might provide protection in the future. It's clear these groups are vulnerable to external threats. And some may hear these accounts and think, maybe it's best if we integrate these societies with the rest of civilization. After all, they deserve the internet at their fingertips, food at the push of a button, and all the comforts we have as a technologically advanced society, right? But many experts agree, this is how they choose to live their lives. There are several reasons why we should honor the wishes of these isolated tribes and allow them to live outside the boundaries of our society. The biggest being, it's just too dangerous for them to be integrated into another culture. Having lived on their own for so long, many of these groups could be vulnerable to infectious diseases that we've built herd immunity against. According to Survival International, it's common for more than 50% of the people from an isolated indigenous group to die after their integration with larger society. They also run the risk of living below their adoptive nation's poverty line. And once they're removed from their lands, there's nothing stopping opportunistic companies from depleting the natural resources there. These isolated communities are still one of the best barriers we have against deforestation, especially in the Amazon. Outside of these protected indigenous reserves, deforestation is 20 times higher. This has a detrimental effect to our planet as a whole. The Amazon spans over nine countries and absorbs more than 123 billion tons of carbon from the air we breathe. If we continue leveling the forest, not only will all of that carbon dioxide return to the atmosphere, it will increase global warming and speed up climate change. It will also have a massive impact on the Amazon's biodiversity, leading to the extinction of thousands of species of plants and animals. Christian Poirier of the nonprofit Amazon Watch says, quote, if we lose the Amazon, it's game over. These isolated groups are a welcome reminder that we as humans are intrinsically connected to this planet. If we respect the Earth and what it has to offer, we can coexist. Ultimately, it seems the more we progress, the more we take from our planet. Which makes you wonder, how much change is too much? Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, 
Sound design by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Lori Gottlieb, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Angela Jorgensen. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlein, and research by Bradley Klein. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Werewolves, witches, and Arthur Conan Doyle? Oh my! Sounds like fascinating topics to discuss on our new show, Rituals, Christine. You know what, Em? It sure does. Every Monday on Rituals, join us as we explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. If you've heard our podcast and that's why we drink, this is the perfect pairing for you. And if you haven't, go give us a try. Follow our Spotify original from Parcast, Rituals. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.